you, you got to give me the story, man. What happened between you and Brock after the Brock and Orton match backstage? You've heard all the rumors. Everybody in wrestling's talking about this. How close are there are there rumors that you were pissed off that you thought that Brock uh, went to? Well, just tell me what happened. Well, you know, anytime something like that happens, there's always a lot of rumors and a lot of, you know, stories being told and that sort of thing. But, I mean, not to get into specifics, it's basically between me and Brock. But, um, you know, we, we did have a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a brouhaha, shall we say. And um, I think that happens when you get guys that are in, in a sport such as ours, you know, half entertainment, half real, half not. And, you know, I think you get... He had just come out of the ring. I had just come out of the ring a few, you know, hour before or so, whatever. And, you know, I just thought the finish of that match was very brutal and very violent. And I just didn't know if, if, if Randy was okay. And I was checking on, on Randy, my friend. You know, he's, he's, he's always been a – we've always been pretty close. And, you know, some, I said something and he said something. Next thing you know, we're nose-to-nose kind of yelling at each other. And it diffused fairly quickly. But I mean, listen. Let's let's make no bones about this. Brock is a, is a trained fighter and he's a beast. But you know, I'm I'm not the type of person to back down from anybody to my detriment or to my the the the, 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 the you know harmful to my existence even. But you know, hot heads fire off and we're in each other's face and and that happens sometimes. And um, I guess I kind of have a reputation for it too. I've never backed down. And I think sometimes in the case of guys his size, they think people are just going to wilt, and most people do, but that's that's not me. That's not my background. That's not where I came up from, you know, growing up where I grew up in, in Winnipeg and, and, you know, my dad's lineage of being in the NHL, and it's just not what I do. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm glad he didn't eat me, but uh, <laughs> basically, um, basically there was a face-to-face confrontation, and like I said, I'll, I'll leave the rest of it between, between the two of us. Hello, fight fans, and welcome to a special professional wrestling edition of Struggle Session. I am joined by Brian of Street Fight Radio once again, stepping into into the Struggle Session ring for maybe, what, the the 10th time, 11th time? I've lost count, my man. I like doing it. So, you know, when I want to talk about pop culture and stuff, the stuff I talk about can get a little bit depressing. So, uh, uh, yeah, this kind of stuff is like way more fun for me to do. I think the last time you were on here talking wrestling, uh, what was it? Was CM Punk still the world champion at that time? We were anxiously awaiting Kenny Omega's return. Uh, we were in, anticipating, some people were, I personally, I was not. Some people were anticipating some, uh, the elite and what, what's the other one? The undisputed, whatever. Yeah. People were anticipating that feud popping off. None of that is going to happen. All of that is probably not topsy turvy world here. CM Punk still suspended. Uh, I did get to talk, uh, about the initial ruckus fracas 
if you will, uh, a couple of weeks ago on Struggle Session when it happened. Strangely enough, no new news on the suspensions that were handed out to CM Punk, King Omega, the Young Bucks, and several others who were involved in the backstage melee. But Brian, I've been wondering what your take is on this because I I just want to take a stab at it. You're on the punk side because he told his bosses to go fuck themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I'm on the punk side because I just like his matches. You know what I mean? Like, I literally am a punk guy because I like his style and his matches. And, you know, he's good at promos and stuff like that. Um, I also sort of feel like, you know, nobody really knows what happened except for the people back there. But it does almost feel like the the leak problem in the company seems to have subsided somehow. Strangely. Uh, strangely yeah. enough, uh, we there have been a couple of leaks clarifying uh, the Young Bucks side of the situation. Strangely enough, that only that's the only thing that's kind of leaked out, get clarification on their side of the story. But other than that, uh, not hearing uh, backstage rumors from AEW uh, as much, which is it's kind of strange that we didn't notice how strange it was at the time, right? That stories were leaking about how the world champion CM Punk was a piece of shit and trying to keep Coke bed down. We didn't notice it was strange that stories were leaking about how Thunder Rosa, the women's champion, was a piece of shit and keeping people down. Even though some of, a little bit of that ended up on the screen. It was strange how loose the lips were over at AEW for these past few months. And we never really took a stop to think like, why are people like actively trying to sabotage the top guy in the company from within the company? I, I don't think I even know like what their thing is other than uh, power, I guess. And you know, Hey, it's wrestling. It, th this stuff happens all the time. Yeah. This all the time. Like some fucking new thing, but this time it seems like, I don't know, like more people, people didn't follow the dirt sheets as much uh, until AEW launched because they would, you know, match of the year, promoter of the year graphics and shit like that. And I think that turned people on to, to the dirt sheets and that also being like, if you're a fan of the company, uh, the dirt sheets were generally a lot more friendly to AEW too. Like they were enjoying it. And uh, uh, I think people are just shocked. I personally, and I'm not trying to be some fucking insider guy. I had been hearing things were fucked up backstage for like a year from people and that there, there were fucking problems and that like one of the issues, listen, I think punk saying that like, like, so you, I heard, I read the thing that said he might be an employee of the company. Uh, so it could be harder to get rid of them, but then you could just fire all of them to tell you the truth. You file like, cause they're all employees of the company. I think you're allowed to fire people, especially in Florida at will. But like, uh, that, like I had heard the Colt Cabana thing, but never put a lot of stock into it because like Colt Cabana wasn't pushed 
before Punk came in. He wasn't yes. like a pushed guy. And he even had matches since Punk had come in. He wrestled Brian Danielson on TV since since Punk came in. And I, I also don't see Punk saying fire somebody. Uh, but I think that like the the Bucks saw, uh, and, and this happened with Cody too. They saw the balance of power as shifting to somebody else. And then all of a sudden there's all these leaks and shit and uh, people are unhappy. Everybody wants to fucking leave and shit like that. And it's like, God, I, you know, it seems like it's them. There was a meeting that happened. Uh, the, the famous Kenny Omega said he wouldn't hire 80% of, of the people backstage, but you know, and people took that very seriously. I do know for a fact that, and I've heard this from people that know people that like Ricky Starks was like really Ricky Starks and a bunch of other people were kind of like, you know, what the fuck is this? You know, a lot of the Cody guys were like, what the fuck is this? And now, you know, the Cody guys are, are uh, uh, not super happy there. And the bucks aren't like good to work with. And, and like they, all they got to do is just, all they got to do is fucking stop doing politics. They've done it everywhere they've ever been. And that's the like, funniest thing so that's been happening. Every when this story broke, everyone's like, "Oh, Punk has a problem everywhere where he's gone." Not and the Bucks don't like 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 literally like why is why is we talking about AEW and not Ring of Honor or New Japan USA? It's because they did not get along with those companies and had to do their own thing, and they end up not getting along. With at least some of the program that Tony Khan had going with a CM Punk, where it's like uh, I, I, we talked about this on the, our last wrestling episode, the ESPN article that came out, I think, back in maybe March about CM Punk, about how he was a locker room leader. And with these extensive quotes about all these guys he was helping, particularly Hobbs. And there's this beautiful story that Hobbs tells about how his mother had passed away. Uh, recently and punk and he was nervous before his match with punk and punk said don't worry the only person in that audience is your mom and we're going to do great for her and it's just a beautiful story it's a beautiful interview it made punk seeing punk uh, look like a really helpful guy and the results were on tv all those guys mentioned the article that punk was helping out out were getting over and i think that was part of the problem it's not just that punk was became the biggest act all the guys he picked and he pushed became big X too. I think also you got to think back to the beginning of the promotion. I was, I was in Chicago for the first, for, for all in and all out the first all out. And this year, actually I was there and uh, a lot of rumors that punk was going to be there. And uh, he posted something saying, cause the young bucks were like kind of weirdly hinting in some way that it was possible that he could be there. And like, he posted a fucking thing that was like, I haven't talked to anybody from that company. Yeah. Uh, personally, they sent me a text and that's it. And it's like that. I could see the bucks being kind of bothered by that, even though that I guarantee they were hinted. They hinted everything. They, that's how they do things. But like, uh, yeah, they, I, it's weird, man. I think there's a lot of people that just started watching wrestling and, you know, they want everybody to get along and they want everything to be, 
good and they want they want the company to have like this this fucking locker room where where everybody respects each other but like if you just got into wrestling and this is bumming you out <laughs> i don't think you're in you're watching the right thing because this is wrestling you're the, not built the, for the this. stuff yeah the 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 stuff uh before the leaks was the aberration it's not the leaks and the politics and shit like that that's the aberration it was the time where everybody believed everything was all good backstage despite the fact that like you know cody was an evp and he's gone he left and uh that had been reported for a while that he had problems with the bucks and did stop appearing on uh being the elite and started his own thing the road to and uh i mean i I just think if i'm on the outside i don't know anything that well i know a few things that other people don't know but nothing big you know just like general moods of people backstage of of certain people not even all of them you know and um you know it felt like people said that cody was instrumental in helping them learn how to do stuff and and like get over and uh uh you know they they sent him off in his own little corner of of the show and uh he went away he left and um the bucks also have been off in their own little corner of the show for quite a while and i just feel like their stories weren't like they weren't wrestling people that like made sense for them to wrestle specifically uh ftr at all out like like why did they do like why were they trying to lose the title to the hardys and that was so that the hardys could lose the title to the fucking uh uh ftr and then they didn't take the title off of them and like uh uh i mean that's just obvious if you look at it the the trios thing was yes. like not dropping the titles to ftr and uh they've avoided having matches that make sense over and over and over again and it, it's just that they don't want to drop drop the titles to to certain people so they dropped them to swerve and keith lee and uh honestly that title run turned Swerve and Keith Lee completely around, so they're they're pretty lucky, actually. Yeah, it it worked for both of them a lot. Yeah, it gave them. I mean, it elevated both of them, um, thankfully. But yeah, it's when the punk thing happened. It was like, oh, everybody hates punk. Like, no, FTR had the same problems with the Bucks, and that's very obvious. And they've talked about it and hinted about it uh, before. And you could see that they should have they should have had that match with the bucks and won those titles and that didn't happen because of politics and i'm sorry that's not that's not good for a promotion to have what is ultimately not one of the top 10 acts have that much power over your tv show i'm sorry to say I, I i don't miss the young bucks since they've been gone and i'm not sure many people do especially judging from the ratings when the bucks were main eventing uh, a couple of dynamites yeah the ratings have have shown that it, it didn't really matter i think you know i mean the other thing about it is punk moved the ratings too but it does seem like it does seem like they just got a hot streak of a bunch of people getting over and uh not that 
you know, that takes skill and that, that takes a lot of work, but, uh, you know, in the building for the all out title match, that was fucking incredible. That energy in there was some mm. of the best I've ever seen. People were losing their minds to the acclaimed and, uh, booing the shit out of swerve, which I mean, he's a top heel. Oh, I love you gotta swerve. use him. Yeah, you need now they need to just go. I mean, he needs to be, you know, wrestling Wardlow or somebody. Some he needs to be in a title picture. Yes. I would put him I I would put him up against Mox, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But like I get that they already sort of have a plan for for John Moxley and stuff, which is it's fine. I mean, MJF does I don't think MJF's going to beat Mox for the title, but he does deserve the shot at the title. Yeah, I I mean, I love Swerve uh, so much. I think MJ, you don't think MJF's going to win the title? I think just the fan base is so expecting it. I think Tony Khan is just, he will do what the internet fan wants. He'll usually give him. I don't think he would, because people would just be upset about it if the first, they make a big deal about this chip and this cash in MJF. but. I don't know. Maybe you could go in the other direction. I mean, he is a heel. It's not a cash-in. It's not like Mox will have wrestled a match and then yeah, have to thank wrestle God, MJF thank after that. that. Which is the stupidest and, thing in the world. Can we talk about how goofy that is? This is supposed you're so this is supposed to be some sort of sport, some sort of sporting contest with rules and such. And you should not be able to cash in. And it also it makes the every wrestler involved look like shit. I like I've never seen it work out way in that way. I don't know why WWE does it, especially since the best cash in was Rob Van Dam's when he, he called his shot ECW. Yeah, I think WWE does it because they're lazy and it is easy to book champions when you have that thing. You know, it's easy to take titles off of people is the reason they do. Also, it's an easy pay-per-view to sell out an arena. I, I think like, cause you're going to get two ladder matches that that's easy to promote. And I think that's why they do it, but he's going to cash it in. And, and honestly, like if you look at the history of pro wrestling and you look at some of the greatest heels to have ever done it, a lot of them never held a title. Ted DiBiase never held a title. Um, they lose when they get, they lose when they get to the title match. Because that's what you're paying to see. You're paying to see the bad guys lose. And like, uh, I, I guess they could put the title on them. But MJF doesn't even strike me as a guy who cares about the title. I don't think he cares about having the title. I, he just feels like one of those guys that's like, um, what's the, he just feels like one of those guys that's like into the business. He doesn't necessarily think that having the title means he's the best in the company and his job and his goal is to make you not want to see him win and i think like i just think it i don't know i i keep the title on mox for a long time now i think if if i'm booking but i'm not booking but like I don't think I dropped the title with Mox until like next year at all out or maybe revolution or double or nothing, but I don't do it until at least 20 until sometime in 2023. I don't, I don't take the title off of him 
anytime soon. He it the title's been bounced around a lot. He's like the most over guy in the company, pretty much. One of them. I mean, obviously MJF is very over and and Swerve is pretty over, but like, you know, it's pretty undeniable that Mox is like the guy that people want to see as champion and the title's just been jostled around a little too much. And I think you just, you just keep it on him. And uh, maybe you don't do the MJF match until later. I mean, that's the other thing I was thinking is that like MJF is also a heel that has a chip that he can cash in to get a title match anytime he wants. And a lot of the money in the bank people and stuff like that, that first of all, didn't tag in, but some of the heat from something like this is saying, I'll cash it in when I want to, I, I, you know, I don't care when you want me to do it. I'll cash it in when I want to. So then MJF can go off on a bunch of feuds while Mox is on a bunch of feuds. And then you can bring them together sometime, you know, next year. And, and if you're going to coronate MJF, you can do it then. I don't, I don't think it's a big hurry. I don't think it's a thing that's a big hurry to get done. I just hope he doesn't do a match for the chip. He won't. I don't, I don't see them doing any of the goofy stuff with the chip. They haven't yet. The chip's been there since the very first pay-per-view, right? I think uh, Hangman won the first chip. Uh, so I, I don't think anybody, people are very much worried about what the chip is, but the chip <laughs> has always been like, I will decide when I get to have my match and that's it. And I think they already have Mox in a match anyway. Uh, in a title match now before the uh, hangman. Yeah. The hangman mocks match is also like a really big fucking match that they were actually on their way to before Mox got injured. And it's something that a lot of people wanted to see. So I think that's like a really good TV. I think that's a really good TV title defense. And, you know, I guess if they want to do MJF and Mox and at full gear, they can, I just, I think it would be silly to do it then. Too soon, too soon, you say. But I did want to talk a bit more about gimmick matches and pay-per-views. It was announced uh, in The Ringer in a promotional piece um, because The Ringer is now has a working relationship uh, with the WWE directly. Uh, this is the same WWE whose CEO recently had to step down because of having to pay millions of dollars in settlements to um, hide sexual harassment and sexual assault of their employees so far no one none of the ceos of the wwe have been asked about this and excuse me none of the top executives in wwe have at, been asked about this in any serious matter fashion or form but uh, david schumacher and oliver lee bateman of the ringer got an exclusive with triple h was he, was he was Triple H's official title now? He's like head of creative, head of talent, talent relations and creative or something like that. He's not head of talent relations anymore. They got some okay. other stooge to do that. Um, but exclusive, it's probably just creative or producer or some shit. I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I haven't watched at all since he's been there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I didn't thank even God. think I didn't go like I think I think it might be good now. I was like <laughs> Triple H fucking sucks. I'm not watching this. Oh, Chief WWE Chief Content Officer Paul Triple H Levesque. WWE Survivor Series 2022 will feature two War Games matches. 
two War Games matches at Survivor Series. Already, there's two things fucking goofy in the headline of the article. First of all, Survivor Series, of course, is its own gimmick. It's a gimmick that's bad, usually. It doesn't work. and doesn't make any sense. People like it. The fans like it, if you do it right. I, I love the old Survivor Series thing. I, I always found it. I always found the old Survivor Series thing. I started watching wrestling, uh, you know, in the early days of Survivor Series when they were doing the elimination matches. I used to get so fucking excited about who the teams were going to be. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I liked the idea. I liked it as a kid. But when you get to the matches, it's just like you have to get through those first falls so quickly that everybody forgets and everybody forgets to break up a pin or they go they get pinned by like a body slam. It just doesn't work for me the way that War Games does, where you have the big multi-man match and you only gotta make one guy quit. And you just pick to find the weakest guy and you beat the shit out of him until he quits. Makes perfect sense uh, on a sports uh, level. Uh, but you don't want two of them in one night. And if you're going to have them, it should not be tied to a date on the calendar for the pay-per-view. You have it because you have a blood feud going, something that's hot, and this is going to be the blow-off between two big factions, or at least one heel faction and assorted baby faces who've been wronged over the past few months leading up to the show. It's not announced ahead of time as a date on the calendar. This is when we have our War Games match. You got to earn it. I fucking hate their War Games matches. Uh for one obvious reason, no blood. I don't know why blood is. Oh the yes, that was a big part of this ar article interview. Triple H. I, I guess that's this was an exclusive because I don't know what else in this article is an exclusive. It's just like a press release announcing the the promoting the new pay per view with an awful picture of Triple H's face in the WCW War Games cage. Absolutely disgusting to see uh, those two things together. But in the article, he talks about the fact that we we, we won't do blood. It's just too dangerous uh, to do. We'll never go back to that, which is some of the biggest horse shit that you could ever say about professional wrestling. There is so much unsafe stuff in WWE specifically now that's much worse than blood. Okay, much, much worse. Jim Court, yeah, Jim Court extensively talked about this. Would I rather, you know, take a superplex dive to the outside or whatever, or would I ever, or bleed? He said, hand me the fucking blade. I mean, Cody wrestled with a torn tricep in the ring. The bruise was there. Uh, it was really damaged. I mean, and you could say a million different things. I, yes. I always bring up. I, I, when they start talking about AEW using blood and how this is a bad thing, uh, go back and watch. God damn it. I'm going to fuck it. I got to get the date for you. I'm going to get you the date because oh, I don't want to say it wrong in case somebody uh, in case somebody wants to watch it. Um, and I got to get it. Okay. Oh, we got to get it. Yeah, you'll you'll love this. OK, here it is. It was on SummerSlam 2016. Uh, they built a match for Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. Oh, yes. To have a match at, at SummerSlam 2016. Uh, Randy Orton had been away, injured, 
for a while and he was back and people were really excited about him and they built it like a sport too they would have these weird like oh when uh, they would have these like news vignettes where it was like uh randy orton says you know whatever and and little interviews with him the uh they had been doing they had done this thing at SummerSlam, i believe 2014 or 2015 where brock lesnar squashed john cena and they were kind of that that kind of got people talking because it was a pretty wild fucking match and um it, it was just crazy he like suplexed him like 14 times and pinned him and like you know people were shocked it's maybe one of the best booked vince things ever until this which was brock lesnar versus randy orton brock lesnar comes out knocks randy orton down uses his his uh his elbow to cut randy orton's head open on top and uh he just bleeds a puddle it's one of it is one of the most disturbing uh finishes i think i've seen on a match and i like death matches i like blood i like all that stuff uh but it was really fucking disturbing and it's like to hear them acting like we would never we would never do blood is it's 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 stupid they they do it when they need to do it they did it with brock versus roman in uh madison square garden they do blood they just they think this is the thing they're doing it's this is the vince mcmahon playbook you you talk about how you talk about how the other company's nasty and they're doing nasty stuff with blood and you try to talk the other station into reining them in so that they can't do it anymore and he's done that every single fucking time he did it to wcw and uh they're just gonna keep doing it yeah, uh, triple I h think, can continue know, in that legacy that save legacy of lying and fucking working the media as well with this bullshit like I, I, about that incident randy orton suffered a concussion uh from that incident chris jericho saw it. he was backstage and he almost beat the shit out of brock lesnar when he came backstage for it. he tells this story uh openly like this and vince mcmahon was backstage watching it cheering this shit on this was not that long ago yeah i i, I remember watching it and being like oh my god did something go wrong there uh i think you know my kid was watching it and my wife was watching it and it was just like what what just happened there and uh it's really fucking disturbing it's way more disturbing than like the guys in aw blading like blading doesn't hurt have you ever cut yourself shaving do you like cry when you do that does that (laughs) bum you out a little bit it doesn't you cut yourself shaving you bleed a lot and then you you're done that's it yes. i just did it last week i was bleeding from like three spots from my head it was pretty sick looking oh what, what razor and, were you uh, what was the problem what razor were you using oh uh, sometimes i just am so i use a safety razor but i just sometimes am i'm trying to go quick on my head uh, yeah, yeah and uh it just moves to the side and slices it open which is basically what they do to make themselves bleed it doesn't hurt I mean, I guess mixing blood with each other isn't the best thing in the world, but honestly, I I I do think these guys get tested pretty regularly, especially if they're going to be bleeding all over the place. So, it doesn't that doesn't I don't know. I guess it just doesn't bother me. I just hate this idea that WWE 
is a company that shouldn't get the moral high ground in anything yes. ever. They they just they don't deserve it. And and this thing about Triple H, I, you're starting to hear now that the show's boring, and uh, that's really funny because that was what happened to NXT. People got really excited for it for a while, and then they started to be like, "Wow, this show's boring." And it's like, yeah, that's Triple H's booking. I don't love Tony Khan's booking lately. Well, I don't mind it. I just, I think he's a little too conservative. Uh, but Triple H, like, <laughs> Triple H should have hot-shotted some stuff. You, that's what you fucking do when you're losing and you have this shot to be in front of people. I don't know why neither one of these guys hot shots anything, which I, I think they think it's like a bad thing. Uh, Vince probably told Triple H you don't hot shot. And Tony Khan probably watched shoot videos where bookers were like, yeah, you don't want to hot shot anything. And it's like, no, you sometimes do actually want to make the promotion hot. <laughs> like you can bring it up and down and up and down. But, you know, sometimes it has to be hot. You got to do something crazy to get people. Because I feel like, I feel like AEW, I just feel like there's not, there. I'm not going to complain about the title belts. That is not my style. I actually think it's funny every time he announces a new title belt. It literally makes me happy. Uh, but like now, really, the only feuds are around a title. And uh, the other stuff kind of gets short shrift. Because, like, there's not enough TV time to do anything else. And I think that the thing that sells a wrestling match is the personal issues, in my opinion. So, it, it's kind of like, man, they really need to, uh, you know, they need to really fix this thing. They need, they need to get more feuds. Wardlow is wrestling josh the goods woods on tv it's like dude wardlow is one of the most over guys in the company why isn't he wrestling swerve or uh, uh miro or um like the people that everybody wants to fucking see i don't know why josh woods is the guy that's getting the shot at wardlow it makes no fucking sense to me mm. and yeah, i think I it's because tony khan doesn't want to burn matches off that's what it is. He's afraid to burn too many matches off, and that's what makes him nervous. But in, in doing that, he now isn't you doing any matches, in my opinion. He's, like, afraid to pull the trigger on anything is the way it seems to me. Yeah, I see. I see exactly what you're saying. He could be doing a lot more. I mean, we didn't have time to talk about the fact that Malachi Black, the House of Black, no more. Apparently, at least for now, Buddy Matthews. That's Cody's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of Co I. I would let Cody. Cody is the one that killed Malachi Black when he came in. That interminable field feud. Yeah, I liked it Bye. when he just kicked him in the head, and that was it. I thought it was on to the next one after that, but then it was like, no, no, the feud is going to continue and involved Arn Anderson for some reason. I hated that feud. I yeah, and you know what. I'm going to be very, very honest here. I don't like Buddy Matthews, and I don't like Malachi Black. 
Uh, I do think Brody Lee with the butcher and a blade would be a, a extremely beast tag. Uh, great. That would be the kind of thing I like to see, but that's because I don't like spooky stuff at all. I just don't want any spooky stuff in my wrestling. <laughs> let them do that in WWE, man. Let, let them over there have like the fiend and stuff like that. You know, like, I don't want that. I, I, I don't watch WWE because I don't like the spooky shit. I like stuff that is like, you know, hey, these guys are, are very dark, but like uh, uh, everything's based in reality and let Brody Lee cut his own promo or Brody King cut his own promos because I don't think Malachi Black is a good promo at all. I think he stinks. When you let him write his stuff, it doesn't ever make sense. And, uh, Vince knew that. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to give Vince credit for Don't stuff, give but credit. some of that stuff he knew. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. We'll have to get back soon and talk more because there's a lot more to talk about. Wrestling's back, baby. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's fun, man. I love it. I'm having a lot of fun watching it. I didn't get to watch Rampage, but I might do that when we're done here. So. All right. Thank you. Peace. Yeah.